Hello, Rampbox TV watchers. It is Friday. Once again, I am here with pundits who wish to talk about various different ideas upon a few questions that I have. And the questions surround the topic of deconstructing characters, um, namely intellectual property that you may or may not have known um, over the years of being on this planet. Um, some of them definitely you might know, uh, should know, Superman, Batman and whatnot. And I'm sure there'll be some Star Trek um, uh, characters that are brought up as well in this discussion. But yes, without further ado, I'm going to go into the first question and whoever chooses to answer it will obviously introduce themselves because we're not really a personality driven channel. So first question would be, what are the reasons for the deconstruction of popular intellectual property of recent years? Anyone? Um, can I, can I just clarify that uh, you mean like any reconstruction, like say Buffy or whatever. You can what go to Buffy, you can go to Superman, you can go to whichever character you wish. But I think that ultimately if that is your, your safe space or your um, uh, comfort zone when talking about the question, by all means, go for it. But within the last couple of years or since the beginning of sci-fi, I mean, you could, Star Trek starts it off I tell, just... what we'll do. I'll tell you what we'll do, Simply because I think there's been more deconstructive um, analysis because of such stories um, and fiction in the last, I would say, 25 years, then let's keep it to that, because then we'll actually talk about present day in relation to um, those last, say, quarter of a century years. Um, I mean, there's just, it's, it's just vast. You know, like I could start with Buffy, I could go to Star Trek. There's lots of reasons for reconstruction. I mean, Buffy is like, well, I'll just go with Buffy because it's the first thing that hit my head. It's a feminist um, reconstruction of the, the notion of like high school as being the, the horror aspect of Buffy is actually the horror aspect of going through high school, for example. It's a crap period or it, for the English equivalent a-levels, I don't know, A-levels never seemed to shit as high school to me, to be totally honest with you, because high school is a very particular place, and A-levels, you just pick your courses and do your thing, and like you have to be, in, in, high, in American high school, you have to be good at sports, you have to be good at math, it affects everything that you do for college, and there's all this pressure on you, it, you know, the social cliques, I don't see those social cliques as much um, in A-level, in the A-level there's not really a lot of TV series about A-levels and, <laughs> you know, you don't have the same kind of exact um, situation as high school. But yeah, like domestic violence, um, Buffy, uh, words, oh God, yeah. Buffy started a whole bunch of, I, I read a whole bunch of Buffy books about deconstruction of the, the genre. You know, looking at every word that Josh Josh Waden wrote, talking about him being like Dickens. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Maybe <laughs> well, thankfully, Ola, you, you've been quite concise in um, at least for you narrowing down that question. And for people who aren't aware of it, this will be the first of two videos because many people who wanted to be on today's um, part of the series cannot make it. So there'll be another part of this going forward, because it is a vast subject. Anyone else have anything for that first question? I'll read it out again. What are the reasons for the deconstruction of popular intellectual property of the last, say, 25 years? I mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do with <clears throat> the twofold of changing of, of society. 
um, of, of how people view things and what people are willing to see as a whole and, and willing to absorb through their media. Um, and also, obviously, as a reflection of that, it becomes a, a, a corporate thing. You know, the, the, the decisions ultimately come from producers, studios, uh, and, and other such things to let that let that new format or that that new reconstruction go ahead as opposed to the old style or something that fits more what they think um the world needs to see i i just had a brain thing a brain thing came into my head john <laughs> and i i just it, it's about deconstructing our world and i'm going to go back to star trek deconstructing our world using fantasy elements and like in the 60s, when Star Trek came about, you couldn't deal with racism straightforwardly. You couldn't deal with a lot of things straightforwardly. So they, they did it in all this coded um, language and, and coded plots. And I think, you know, yes, we've become more open. The censorship laws and all these things have opened things up in the Western world. But at the same time, we, we still enjoy that cloak of the supernatural to bring forth the ideas that, that are controversial right now. Sure, sure. At least two other people who haven't spoken yet. Um, but I definitely think it's um, probably something that I should announce that if we're talking about the deconstruction of an intellectual property, I'm really talking about how, say, Star Trek Discovery is a deconstruction of what we know of Star Trek to be or how Zack Snyder stroke Frank Miller's Batman is a deconstruction of um, Bob um, Kane's uh, and Bill Finger's creation. So I'm talking about it in those terms. Um, but yes, we have two other people in the room. Um, not to put you on the spot, but do you have anything to say on the subject? I mean, I think it's interesting, um, the, the perspective of using fiction as a lens for societal values and sort of picking up on that idea of the the corporate element of it i do feel that part of this cycle of deconstruction i i definitely don't think it's the whole reason that deconstruction happens by any means but i think part of it probably does come down to a shift in values and to go slightly left of field to look at the uh the recent Disney remakes, um, it's kind of, that kind of deconstruction to me feels almost semi-reactive to a shift in popular consciousness, um, which I think is quite an interesting way of looking at deconstruction. Okay. Do you want to point out an interesting aspect of that for us? Well, I mean, there's, um, nah, okay, hands up. I haven't actually seen any of the Disney remakes, um, mainly because I, I'm quite into animation and I really enjoy the kind of the hand, hand-painted, self-shaded originals. But I've, I've watched a lot of theory around the remakes. And one of the things I found particularly interesting was um, the deconstruction of Milan uh the you know they've recently remade it and sort of and, and i'd be interesting actually to get um others uh, uh thoughts on this as well because i watched uh, an asian male um analysis of the film and one of the things that he latched onto was this kind of need for a uh, a kind of a superwoman 
type character in the remake where in the original you have a a young girl who joins the fight to save her dad and she's not necessarily the strongest she's not necessarily you know the most adept at war but her progression through the story comes from her accepting the parts of her that play to her advantage she's smarter than some of the other soldiers she fights alongside she defeats the huns because of that quick wit not because of a battle prowess and then towards the end of the film the way they um save the emperor is she gets a bunch of her her mates to cross dress so they can infiltrate infiltrate their castle and through kind of accepting a more feminine aspect resolve the story whereas in the remake from what i understand um it's much more based on her just being an absolute kung fu fighting badass who can kick everyone's ass and it sort of feels like a bluntening of the subject that comes from a what feels like a reactive need to respond to this kind of a girl power mentality um i see what you mean this is the same kind of thing they were saying about ray in star wars the new free movies and i i say what i say back then it's like when i'm watching something like say commando no one's actually going to be like taking Arnie apart and saying that he should have learned as he was going along how to use the bazooka. Do you know what I mean? If someone wants to yeah. have a power fantasy, fuck it. That's how I say it. But mm, um, that being said, I can see why people would now want to take that apart. What they really want is more nuanced storytelling, but they're not allowing for certain cultural shifts that should have happened some time ago, I think, to take place. Um, but yeah, I think, can we hear what Anil has to say? Because Anil's been patient for the last, I don't know wait, how long. Wait, John, I just want to address what Matt, I want to go back to what Matt said about the remake of this, because um, it, it struck me very much. And I think it's quite interesting. The first version is she's she's using her, she's not as physical. And I think I've, I've been, I study femini feminism. And one of the things that really you noticed or is that boys and girls are treated differently from a very early age. I mean, we're talking like two months. So if it's a boy, you're like bouncing him around and you practically throw him across the room. And if it's a girl, and you, even now, I still see articles about women like sitting on the tube like this, you know, maybe they're exerting themselves on this in some cinemas, but women still feel frightened about um, taking up space. And, you know, spreading your legs and sitting like this on the tube, like some fat guy, I've you know, going like this to me on the tube, you know, and women trying to do that. It's like, this is still an issue. And while I like the idea that she used cunning in the beginning, you know, I, I do think you, you think, well, why are we, do, why are we doing this? So it's just another chick kicking butt thing, right? That is kind of annoying at the same time, but at but uh, the underside of it is that women still feel that they do not have the physicality, the right to a certain type of physicality that, that men have. Just want to interject that. Okay. I'm biased to the point that there were so many articles that came out about not just Mulan, but again, Ray, um, 
mostly, if not all, by men that were pissed off that the character was not learning as they were going along in order to have a superhuman capability. And those same men would talk about Total Recall or Commando or something that Stallone was in without having the same um, need for that character to learn stuff. Um, but yeah, I've said enough. We've all said enough, but Anil has said nothing. Anil, what do you have to say? <laughs> I really feel that if I speak, it might my, my words might get deconstructed via Zoom. So I'm just gonna turn off the, the video just in case. Um, uh, you guys, I've, I'm in awe actually, because I'm, I'm not sure where to come at from the way, way of deconstructing. Because what we've gone through, we've gone through a yo-yo of like uh, mimic, uh, going through the social lens and then the social lens not being the same consciousness as the trend that it, it, it's supposed to reflect. So it's like going backwards in a sense, like it's trying to go, into a phase where it's uh, over stereotype over stereotyping so it's going um in too far in one way so it doesn't become nuanced enough so it's leaning towards too much of one angle rather than letting a story unfold naturally and letting it, it become its own thing like so when we were talking about um the story of 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 mulan and and then it's becoming too overpowered op like um she didn't get enough or she didn't feel enough there wasn't enough like <laughs> storyline in there to give it that sort of level of nuance and so to, to, to do that in a, I guess in a, in a proper in a movie setting you would have a need a lot more time to go through all those all those storylines so just just crunch it down I, I feel like if when you deconstruct it you need to also deconstruct the the known time frame you have for a movie you need to give it more space maybe even like spread it out a bit more when you, if you're deconstructing it like take take the take the effort to give the characters room to grow i feel so you can hit all the social elements that have come a long way from where we started with uh fantasy and fiction um, i actually have a question to for anil or anybody who wants to put this out there um I, i'm gonna go to doctor who um, just new, new who, not old who. I don't know, Anil, if you watch, do you watch Doctor Who, new who at all? <laughs> I've yeah. seen some new who. <laughs> yes, okay. So I, I wanted to, <laughs> you who, new who. <laughs> now, now uh, you might have noticed that since new who came back, we've obviously had Afro-Caribbean characters come in, but I think, correct me if I am wrong on this, okay, but like, since we had Jody, whatever her name is, the woman doctor, um, I think we've had our first female um, uh, Southeast Asian Indian person um, companion. And also I believe she's queer as well, LGBT or whatever. I get that impression. Does anybody, you know who I'm talking about? They, they, she, Emil, you the thumbs up. He seems to know. Yeah, okay, right. So I, I would like to hear your deconstruction of that character. You know, she visit there was a there was an interesting one where she visited a famous I think it was an Indian woman who was uh, involved in something like World War 2. Um, you know, I was fascinated. I was like and then and then there were, was something about when she was getting that marriage and was it between Pakistan and India where the you know yeah 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 you look any looks excited. Okay. So 
Annie, what do you, I would like to know your opinion and how you feel about this deconstruction, you know, this, this bringing in of this culture that I think it's been a long time coming in who as a companion. That was epic. That was epic because like you, you didn't hear anything about like India uh, in British culture, except that we got fucking ruled. Uh, right. And so it was really beautiful to see the nuance, the, 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 the struggle between um, two cultures within a country and also the divide that happened and and that your neighbor suddenly suddenly became your enemy and then also it's about unity at the end of it like we're in this together sort of thing uh because there's an, there's an outside threat uh the outside threat being aliens or maybe possibly colonizers we don't know it, it could be it could be um a link to that um and the, the threat of destruction and that that human need to to connect and that 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 depth of of cultural lens of going into the 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 family dynamics of uh, the yeah. matriarch um, is really important. It's so important because you you have the 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 monarchy right, but she, you don't see her being like this 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 figure inside the home and 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 helping to grow a family. You just see her with a crown on her head. You don't see her as anything else, um, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that depth was really beautiful um and i really feel it should have had like a two-parter to it it should have had a bit i think we lost annie there hello he will return yeah, i'm a lot of, um better result oh no you were getting it was Sorry. getting really good and you cut out could you say that again please yeah so i was going over the bit where um where, where, when, when it comes to the resolution it was too quick. Um, it was too quick and easy. Like, oh, this, we've got the aliens now. Um, there was no more depth into the into the history. It was touched upon, um, but it really needed a, a, a like a second part episode to like get a bit more into the into the the scene, set the scene a bit more, um, and then and then have like a, I feel like finishing rounding it off of not just like chasing another alien, but also rounding off with some history as well. Because the whole purpose of Doctor Who was to educate. Um, and sometimes it feels like it, it doesn't do is it, it touches on education, but it doesn't go deeper into explaining like oh now, now this is this is why we have this thing in history as its significance. Um, it was like a, it was really touching to go back, and she went back to see her grandma at the end. But it wasn't it wasn't like um, it wasn't it was it was going towards the direction of um, how the 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 generation of uh, of the grandma felt, but it didn't touch upon how the generation of uh, the younger generation feel about that scenario. Like it was, it was, it was, it was portrayed through the grandma, and it was then portrayed through um, the granddaughter, uh, how she connects to her grandma. But then there's, there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more um, into that, into that um, depth of living in multiple cultures that could have been way more dug into because we've got a whole universe with an, a, a, a doctor who has two hearts and he, he goes across all these different cultures, but they always, they always seem like singular. They always seem monoculture. They don't seem like they're diverse enough to, like, to spread into like different sections of the species and culture. They always seem to be, you're a Dalek, so you, you say Dalek, you're, you're a Cyberman, you say Cyberman. There's no sort of crossing over, which, is, which could have been really beautiful in that bit because it's a crossover of Indian culture and English culture at the same time. Okay. I, I just want to say, I want to say something about Doctor Who. I, I think Annie's actually 
said something very important about Doctor Who. I think the wrapping up of everything in one episode, which tends to be what happens a lot in New Who, is not good. I think they should take story arcs and do more Buffy type story arcs because they, they just try and wrap up very complex issues in one episode. And I just, I'm, I'm not happy about that. I mean, it's, it's a little sloppy. I think bringing up is something that we'll definitely cover in our third question in terms of markets and corporations having a certain vested interest in protecting properties and therefore having a power of the curation of that property. Um, and that can further create dissonance. Um, but our second question is actually quite, um, it's a next actually to what Anil was saying about the idea of what Doctor Who is and what people expect from it. So we're talking about properties and their expectations, but this is the second question. Um, what are the negatives and positives of such writing on the initial iterations of characters that we're discussing? So we can use Trek, we can use Doctor Who. I wouldn't mind at some point using superheroes, but has anyone got any feelings about that second question? Wait, can you make that a little simpler for I'll make dumb, it simpler. dumb me? Okay, so all right. <laughs> What are the negatives and positives of such writing? We're talking about deconstruction, yes? On the initial iterations of characters involved. An example would be um, the initial idea of Superman is that he is a libertarian do-gooder who will swoop in and save someone. That's the initial idea in 1938. Fast forward to 2020 and he is Henry Cavill, not necessarily being able to emote what he's thinking um, and people distrust him because he basically helped destroy a city. <laughs> so so is, is that like Batman? Like, um, you know, how Batman is like, was originally like, uh, you know, the, it was based on Chicago, Gotham. And, um, and he was just cleaning up all the, the goons and stuff like that. And he, but now he's a rich guy who's just a vigilante. He's a, a, a rich, he's very wealthy Batman. And then you're talking about like... Okay, so another example. I mean, um, if we were going to talk about Batman, what comes to mind is children playing with action figures. Now, I don't know, maybe there was something wrong with me. I stopped playing with action figures when I was about 12. Now you all know. But I would have these toys and I'd have like my Batman figure and I'd have a make-believe burglar because they didn't actually have a toy burglar. And Batman would basically swoop in, stop the burglar, drop him off at the police station, and that would be repeated for hours and then because I was sad that way. <laughs> now, I haven't actually sat down and watched a kid play of action toys. Maybe I'm just uncultured that way. But I'm thinking based on popular um, critique and sorry, content that is out there, those kids will have Batman maim that character, not necessarily have any justice played out. So if we look at the new trailer for the Batman movie by Matt Reeves, Batman at some point not just knocks down a character, but continually pummels him. That is now Batman for a lot of people. So the question, what are the negatives and positives of such writing, deconstructive writing, on the initial iterations of these characters? Preferably from anyone who hasn't spoken much yet. Go. I mean, I, th I think it, it, it's a thing that is sometimes both useful and, and negative. So um, if you look at things completely taken out of the, the kind of comic world and that, that kind of sci-fi world for a second it's something like Black Adder where you look at the first series and the character's not really working there uh, he's, he's more a simpering fool and then they kind of switch the whole role around 
and it becomes a, a greater character mm-hmm. in those kind of circumstances it works i think there's another thing as well where you're saying that about the, the the Batman characters. For me, that's almost a way of uh, almost a kind of level of characters that people are nostalgic for being kept as they're going into adulthood. So the the characters are changing from what a lot of people would have had as a child, and and maybe for us, you know, Batman and things like that. They were they were always comics. They were always cartoons, um, and the films. That were based on that were still kept that comical element and were still aiming at children whereas now the filmmakers are are adults uh, and want want their vision to go on but you know maybe the, the 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 process of filmmaking and the process of getting your film out there and and your own mind how you're looking at the world and what you want batman to do you want batman to kick those people's ass now because you're angry and you're older that kind of that kind of change, I think, is a lot of what it is, which can be positive, maybe because it's giving continuing a whole generation with with characters to look at and to evolve. Um, but also, it's got, like, say, maybe there's a, that, that negative side there. If if it's something's being removed, you're not having the two sides to it. You know, you're not having somehow of having still seeing Batman as an adult version. But also still keeping a children's version for for people to grow up with and and grow up with that hero, that uh, but also an un, an unfallible you know a hero who has no faults is is an unrealistic view and maybe what it's a reflection of how we see the world more now that that things like that have become so maybe it's 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 better almost to have not this perfect hero character which you know we, we can see. The kind of the concept of that turning out in the boys and those type of things, um, you know, we don't want a, a perfect hero. That's you know, is that, danger uh, in selling that idea as a constant. Can I can I interrupt and and I actually want to say to Barrick, um, this is directed de- right at you. Um, you see what you're saying, and I think it's true. It's like we it start it it, it is from a context of our society. Batman started in the 30s, Superman started in the 30s, and then. As time passes, and as we, not only personally, but also humanity, and you know the changes within the society as well as personal changes, our our heroes evolve. For us, speaking to us, you know, and and the fact that we go back to Spider Man or Batman, there's a there's a there's a mythic quality to these guys, people. You know, and that, and and we love the myth, you know, the backstory, and we want, and we love the character, and we want to go back to the character, but maybe we need it reinvented, with a new look, with a new story, with more complex stories. I mean, if you go back to the original Spider-Man car- cartoon of the '60s, which is really still good, great theme tune, and now <laughs> got, then you go to to Miles more Miles the Spider-Man movie the 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 cartoon did you guys see that you know in Afro Caribbean and there's Peter Peter Parker's this fat old <laughs> dude loser and Miles Morris it's this fresh African American kid who's become Spider you know it, it, but there's room for all of this in our, our interpretation in the mythology you know and it's exciting and you you can play with the past and the future and and the story is still fresh and and because it's like a fairy tale it resounds it 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 doesn't you know it goes from generation to generation 
that's 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 a great example actually there the so the enter the the spider verse that's uh for me a, a great way of doing it where you have like you say you got those both both worlds of adapting and bringing the character up to date and and what those characters are kind of in it for my belief for to to use as a, as a tool to speak about society as much as you can and and in a in a kind of more broadly acceptable way for everyone um and yeah that that kind of way of doing it i think is a lot better than just kind of going wow no batman's really hard now that's it we're not going to talk about why or anything like that we're not going to make any changes um the reason why this um Vampbox tv episode came into being is because i was sharing so many videos between myself and matt um and I think it's it's something now that I think it's it's time that we heard what Matt had to say about this because I'm sure you've got so much to say, Matt. You've been very patient. <laughs> let let it flow, man. Let it flow. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Yeah. No, I, I I really like where this conversation is going at the moment though because I do think that the uh, the end of the spider of the verse is a particularly good example of how you can do deconstruction well because it is it does seem such a temptation in modern media to take these heroic characters and just be like, okay, now we need darkness. Now we need to like, we need more blood. We need more dismemberments. We need, you know, just more, just more of all this darkness because that's the thing that's fueling this kind of lust to go out and view these movies. And I do think it creates an interesting point of discussion around what are the function of heroes in general culture because there's, there's different ways you can do deconstruction, right? Um, and one of them is to be like, okay, but what if it was real? What if it was like really real, you know? What if it was so real that like there's just violence and blood everywhere, but it's, that, that's not the entirety of reality. And I think there are ways of having really mature conversations that don't require uh, like an R rating, you know? Um, you look at something like, Steven Universe, for example, and that is amazingly mature in its kind of analyses of what it means to be a person. Can I ask and... a question? Can I ask a question? What is Steven Universe? I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's a kid's animated series um, about a young boy who uh, finds out that he's a crystal gem, and it's kind of a bit like I don't know, like a magical girl type anime, except it's a young boy. And there's lots of stuff about kind of gendered relationships and analysis of, of certain society, like, like personal anxieties. It's an incredibly emotionally deep um, show that is made for children. So it, it, and it, it has a particularly large LGBTQ following just because it has all these themes within it. And, and so that is kind of the point I'm making where it's like, to be mature and to be nuanced, it doesn't need to be adult in the, 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 the ratings sense of the word, you know? And once again, to kind of throw a curveball in there a little bit, I've recently been playing uh, a computer game that came out recently called Bug Snacks, which uh, was a PS5 launch title. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It, on the surface of it, it's basically Pokemon Snap with uh, little insect characters made out food. But my God, the character writing in it is 
it's it's is ridiculously developed um and all of this is just to say that you know we can have these adult adult conversations about things but then the question becomes so if heroes are stepping from this area where they were for kids and now kind of they're for everyone i feel like there's another interesting question kind of behind that which is when you're a kid you're looking for um a role model you know you're looking for somebody to look up to arguably you know maybe not everyone is but quite often you'll latch on to a personality but when we become adults and we still have heroes that are presented to us as these infallible uh you know like perfect demigods what kind of questions that does that then raise for us and you know if we're just going down the hyperviolence route and justifying that with superheroes i don't think that's a a great message to be sending and there's also things about you know the the muddiness of morality and what is actually right and what is wrong and if you are you know if you stop a thief in the street and take them to prison are you solving the problem or are you making it worse because is it the fault of society or is it the fault of the person and i think there's a, a lot of scope for the superhero genre for opening up these kind of questions that we we don't really ask ourselves about justice and i feel like we let ourselves get away with currently to an extent because superheroes have become so prominent across age groups matt i wish that i could take you back in time and sit you in front of zack snyder and have you talk to him <laughs> when he was 13 when he read watchmen and the dark knight returns and he didn't get it because he made a series of movies which kind of wanted to posit Rorschach as being cool and kind of wanted to posit Batman. Like in the extended cut of Batman versus Superman, there's a moment where Batman's head hits the back of a wall and they put a blood smear there digitally just to show you just how hardcore Batman is. This is what Zack Snyder wants you to believe because he's the current custodian of what Frank Miller did. And incidentally, if people don't know, Frank Miller was mugged seven times whilst he basically, or before he wrote The Dark Knight Returns um, and also Daredevil Born Again when he was living in New York. This was a very seriously pissed off geek. And so now the world <laughs> has definitely benefited from him being that pissed off. You know, anyway, I could go on, but Anil, I'd like to hear more about what you have to say regarding that last question. I can repeat it if you wish. Yes, yes, please, that'd be great, friend. Yeah. Okay, so the question is, what are the negatives and positives of such writing, as in deconstructive writing, on the initial iterations of the characters involved? Examples being used so far, Batman, notably, Superman. I just, just want to come with, with, a, with a curveball here. Every time everyone keeps mentioning Batman, all I can think of is Adam West and the massive comic book pals <laughs> and the funky dancing. <laughs> And like, how crazy is that compared to the Batman we have now? Like, what, what, what an evolution! Uh, um, and then, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go from from a different example. Uh, I want to go to couple a couple of examples. I love this the Spider Verse, um, Enter the Spider Verse. Uh, but there's there's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, and then there's um, Avatar. I'm gonna go to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first, like where they started off as a as a as a noir graphic novel. And then there's even, a, I think there's an animation film where it goes through all the iterations of TMT. 
and it does it really beautifully because they're all interacting with each other and they all got different quirks and personalities but they have to work together and that's a really great way to sort of uh, allow for each each um each uh, audience who identified with that genre of tmnt to be able to be included in the narrative and also gave gave it justice because they actually sort of had a really good story arc in that of defeating um, shred, all the shredders um and then I want to go towards um, the Avatar, Last Airbender, and when we had a new Avatar in Legend of Korra, there was like an uproar, it's a change, it's a female lead, uh, she's a teenager, she hasn't got the, the, the sensibility that this 10-year-old used to have in this teenage body, she's all fire and flame. And it's like that, um, taking the whole persona of what we used to know as the lead role, and change it completely and flipping it because also the, the audience had also grown up. The, the audience that watched Avatar were generally of that age group of being around 10, 12, 13. And then they grew up and became um, late teenagers. And then you've got their, their, the hero for that, that genre to be late teenagers, but also the storyline uh, and the writing for it gave it enough nuance for it to be relatable to all ages. Um, and so that 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 give even though it did Legend of Korra didn't give didn't get enough um, time to go through a lot of what it could have done, it it did enough um, squeezing in to to and did it in a not in your face way like all that gore that Matt was talking about. It did it in a in a in a, in a very um, gentle way of weaving the story together, but also changing what you perceived as the as the hero to be at the same time, which is really beautiful. Okay, um, before we move on to Ola answering the question, um, I actually do want to pick up on something that Ola said earlier. Do you believe that there is space for all these different iterations? And do you, or, do you honestly not see how certain iterations may be popular for perhaps um, reasons that aren't necessarily uh, kosher to their actual cultural environment? Was that aimed out in, in public or directly to... Yeah, I, I thought yeah. you were talking to Annie. <laughs> I was, yeah. Oh, okay. Annie? It's Anil, isn't it? Or... <laughs> simple way of saying it um what i'm asking is do you believe that there is a problem when um these iterations sometimes seem to have one being more popular than the other and do you believe that there's enough space for all these iterations to exist as they are i i totally believe there's enough space because each, each of them is going to have its own um uh, negatives and its own uh, own failings, but there obviously will be a popular one. And you can you can I think within the TMT they had the the, the most popular one, which was I think the current one, um, being supported by the other iterations. And so they were being they were the, the most popular ones being uplifted, but also honouring all the iterations at the same time. So there there are ways around it, but you obviously have to uh, do it in a way that doesn't disrespect the other iterations. And that is a very careful uh line to tread yeah, okay. it, it, i think he summed it up basically it, there's room for them to exist as long as they don't suck <laughs> <laughs> on 
on that point though, on the, on the thing, like like you said as well, people behaving negatively to a change in in Avatar because it's not what they had before. That it, you, as as you said that you just reminded me of um, a, um, a big big hip hop fan and uh, hip hop saved my life. Uh, they were talking about um, mumble rappers and SoundCloud rappers and things like that. Um, and uh, Ramesh Ranganathan said uh, he said something great, and he says a couple of times, and it, and it always comes to my head when I see people having to go at a new version. Is he, he just says the phrase, "It's not made for us." That's what we have to bear in mind, and often it's the case where <laughs> it might be made by people who are of our generation, but it's not made for us. And you know, it's that that's the key. It's that as long as something's not taken away and and attacking the other version then it's perfectly acceptable and should be left to to do its thing and people should support the fact that it's there but even if it's nothing that you like because it's not for you yes and yet we have um again that part of the conversation where we're taking mulan's um character to task because it's not like um seeming to appease what we want out of the story. And I'm thinking a five-year-old out there or a seven-year-old watching Powerpuff Girls or Mulan is just happy to see that someone can actually go pow, bang, whatever, and not think, well, they should have learnt more before they got that power. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that has to be said. So I think, yeah, that's, that's what's, what the case is. Um, we've run out of time, which is fucking annoying. Ooh. Um, it's, it's good that we can swear on this show, but it's fucking annoying. Because <laughs> um, I've got another question, but look, there will be another video um, tackling that question. I won't say what it is, because um, it'll be a, just a cheap way of getting you to watch it. I hope you just watch it anyway, based on what we said. Before we go, if anyone's got anything they want to promote, then please do so. It could be a record, it could be DJing, it could be anything you wish. Is there anything you want to promote before you go? Okay. Okay, I'll start. Okay, um, I'm Ola, I'm, and I have a radio show called Ola's Cool Kitchen, and it is an eclectic ride through both time and space. And if you want to listen to me, I'm on Mixcloud, Ola's Cool Kitchen. Awesome. Matt, you have a record. I know you have a record. You told me off camera. You can tell yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm Matt Gaffin. I front a band called Hearst Pileup. Um, we write a lot of kind of music that's about analyzing how you get your knowledge and how you decide what the truth is or not our most recent single will be out when this is released called we're all going to hell um check it out on soundcloud Excellent. soundcloud i mean spotify <laughs> <laughs> is this 2012 man what's going on yeah. okay. um, anyone else got anything to promote before i bring this to a close i'm 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 gonna promote not myself uh, but some friends, uh, just because it's exciting that there's there's some live music still going on at the moment. So uh, my friends, uh, frauds, uh, are doing a gig. Um, you can check it out um, on. I think there's tickets coming up on Dice, but it's on the twentieth. So it's going to be seated, but it'll be fun. Uh, they're supporting a band called Jen. Uh, Jen Gen. May have said the other band wrong, but frauds, I've definitely said right. So yeah, frauds, you said right. They're great. Yeah. I really, really love that it, band. Back, where's... Moth Club on the twentieth. Moth Club. So, 
Moscow Club okay. on the 20th. All this information will be in the description box, viewers and pundits. Um, Jen, we're on the show. I'm calling it a show now. It's not really a show, but I'm just going to call it that now. Um, <laughs> we're on the, um, the Rantbox TV not too long ago talking oh, about, very cool. um, well, um, the myth of needing to be completely fucked up to create art and their great life band as well. Um, I'm so, so happy to have you all basically part of this little discussion. Um, so thank you for giving up your time. Um, I hope to see you again in the future. And uh, now, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>